in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm back, Jake, and I have very important news. And it's not, maybe it's not news, but it's very important. I've, I've been sitting on this information for maybe a year now, and I feel like it's time to share with the interwebs that organic gummy bears have changed my life. There it is. Really? It. Yes, man. Okay, so here's the deal. I love me the gummies. Always have. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's like my go-to candy. And... It's, it's a two-pronged thing. Obviously, gummies are a wonderful flavor experience and snacking experience, but the low-key MVP of the gummy arena is the smell. I firmly believe that if heaven is a real place, that it would smell like the inside of a Haribo gummy bear bag. Like, it is so, so good. Yeah, that's and, fair. But organic gummy bears, Black Forest has a brand of gummy bears called Organic Gummy Bears, and they are next level my mother-in-law introduced them to me and so shout out to mo love you thanks for changing my life and she rocked my world man like that's my go-to snack now not just gummy bears or gummy worms or whatever it is organic gummy bears the smell is next level the aromatic experience of the bag next level the flavors are rich the juiciness factor is legit and the texture and the tenderness is so pillowy it is remarkable and i just felt the need to burst back onto the scene of this podcast here jake after taking a week off and tell people that organic gummy bears are the real deal they are here to stay and they are changing lives one adorable little teddy bear at a time well all right yeah okay i'm gonna have to go get a bag that's that's clearly a thing now exactly and this is an unpaid um, endorsement here for Black Forest. <laughs> if you're listening, if you would like to sponsor this podcast, our email is watchingcomics at gmail.com and uh, get at your boy. We'll make this happen. Yeah, because if you thought he was passionate about the unpaid announcement, you should see what happens when you pay us. <laughs> We're geek dads. <laughs> this is what happens. You throw some cash into the equation and I'm there, man. I'm oh, there. Mitch, seriously, like all I want is to sell out. Like I, uh, I'm in my, I had my 33rd birthday last week and I am well past the point of having anything that approaches dignity. And I am more than happy, more than happy to sell out. So anyone listening, sign me up. I'm here to sell out, baby. So I missed your birthday last week and I apologize. I almost did too. It's okay. I, (laughs) I have two kids. I spent the whole week like, wait, something's going on, right? Okay. So, so other than officially leaning into the sellout status, which I think is totally appropriate for a 33rd birthday, right? That, that, oh, yeah. seem, that seems like a logical step for you to take now. How does it feel to be 33? I, I think I've said this on here before. Like I am loving my thirties. Like anything, and, and anyone who's ever known me has never asked me to be cool or anything like it. Um, but any pressure that there ever was on <laughs> society it's gone. It's totally gone. I don't need to know anything about pop culture. If I happen to know who Drake is, then kids are like, oh, look at how cool that old dude is. And if I don't know, they didn't expect it in the first place. So whatever. <laughs> I love that you had the clarifier of like, if anyone was ever going to ask me to be cool. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think that's funny. On that note, who's Drake? You know? So here we are. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Drake's a thing. He's on the Spotify's. Yeah, it's, you know, so that being said, my wife says I'm 33 going on 63. And then it's a little true in some ways. I'm the said, same. But have you said get off my lawn to anybody? Never. I've I've thought it. I've never said it. Uh, so you're, de- you're definitely not 70. No, no, not yet. I, I just, you know, I mean, in, in some ways, I'm still that same guy that you know, kept the school Santa costume for three years so he could wear it to Halloween parties. And in other ways, I am very much somebody who turns on the radio and is like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> well, as far as what the radio plays in terms of music is concerned, I've been in that not for me camp for a long time since I was like <laughs> 16, 15 years old. So right, if that's too. an old so- signifier, then call me an old soul, man. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Natural segue to (laughs) it's Academy Award season time. It is. And natural. Well, I shouldn't say naturally. What's interesting is that um, in the parlance of the comic book times, we have a reason to talk about the Academy Awards. Like, okay, I have, there are two Mitches. There's, there's the geek dad Mitch. And then there's the Mitch that is a huge deep diving, like criterion collection, loving cinephile. (laughs) And I I see almost all of the Academy Award nominated films before the award show. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try hard not to go that deep there, but right now is like one of the first times in my life where I sit at the middle of the Venn diagram of these two extremes. And it's both exhilarating and frightening at the same time, because this is uncharted waters. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be alive, and I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit sentimental about it, and maybe a week or two early, and I'm going to say we're totally full circle, because what's brought us here to this point is Black Panther, which just about a year ago now, we were doing our very first episode and reviewing Black Panther. Yeah, so Valentine's Day 2018 is when we made our debut, and our first episode was Black Panther, and here we are, January 25th of 2019 and we are here dishing on black panther and it's seven count them seven academy awards and they're not all just technical achievements this is pretty pretty banner and shout out to spider-man into the spider-verse for getting nominated for best animated feature and probably going to win that one too but we'll get to that it needs to yeah okay yep we'll get to it (laughs) okay so yeah, this is so weird, Jake. Like it's Oscar season. This is my happy time, but also like my geekery is getting celebrated at the same time too. So Jake, initial takes on the Black Panther best picture announcement. Um, just total knee jerk reaction. I think that the nomination is awesome. I, I, I'm gonna. I might be spoiling the rest of the episode. Like we might we might be wrapping up here in five minutes. Um. <laughs> But I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say, so here it is. Spoiler alert: Black Panther is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, my my wife and I make a tradition, and it's harder now that we have kids. But a lot like you, we make a tradition out of trying to see as many of the best picture nominees as we can every year. Um, and so so far, I've seen only two, but we'll get there. Um, just a quick clarifying I, statement: I don't want to get too political. I'm just gonna say this right now because I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't say it. Don't watch Bohemian Rhapsody unless you can watch it for free. Okay, that, that so that is not what I have heard, but this is why we have the conversation so that we can yeah. we can discuss the different angles on things. Okay, all right. So here, here's my Leslie note. Oh, Jake, my, Jake, might have a sidebar. Yes, please. Okay, so here it is. First of all, the movie itself is bare minimum mediocre it's just a wikipedia page essentially because what happened is going deep dive here a little bit there was an original script that actually told a a grittier truer version of the freddie mercury lifestyle but the band members and the owners of the queen estate felt like it painted them in a bad light and they weren't in the movie enough so they squashed the movie kicked sasha baron cohen out of the project they rewrote their own movie to make the band members look like a hero and to clean up a little bit of the story and the whole last 20 minutes of it isn't even story it's just footage of a concert so if i want to watch a concert i can watch it on youtube so it's it's a very paint by numbers lack of substance um very sugary eye candy type of movie which would be annoying to me in the first place and not deserving of a Best Picture nomination, on top of the fact that it's directed by Brian Singer. That's a problem. So (laughs) I I don't want him to get any of my money at all. So that's just my little soapbox. I have to say it. I'm done. I'm so excited we're doing this episode, and I'm not being a smart aleck there. This is why I love it, because you have that – you're on a different level with this stuff. I didn't know half of that. I knew Brian Singer directed it, and halfway through my comment about I hadn't heard that, I realized that's what you were saying, at least partly. Um, But, yeah, so I – well, okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody may, may not see. Um, The the thing is for me – Black Panther, the nomination is awesome and deserved, and we'll get into this. I don't think I want it to win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay, is that okay to say? Like, I mean, I... 
Okay, here, here's the deal. Like, I think when we're talking about Black Panther and the Best Picture race, it's this is more of a question about representation and what does it mean to be included in the club than it does necessarily to mean to win the race, right? So yes. it, it's cliche to say like, well, to be nominated feels great. It's just an honor <laughs> to be here. But at the same time, like that that's what it means. And I don't want to belittle any of the cultural significance of Black Panther, but here's the deal. The Oscar for best picture typically goes to the movie that has won the best campaigning and for, to the voters and to a movie that typically is a little bit more leaning towards historical or dramatic black Panther doesn't check either of those boxes. And so the fact that it's in this arena is remarkable because it's, it's like climbing Mount Everest is, is to get a movie that represents so much of what a lot of people say is backwards about the Hollywood culture. Like Ethan Hawke is one of my favorite actors and he's a great interview. And he made, uh, he gave what I believe to be one of the greatest acting performances of the year and maybe the second or third best movie of the year. And um, he was giving an interview earlier and talking about how like um, <clears throat> agree with him or not that comic book movies essentially don't belong in the pantheon of award shows because they went at the box office and that in and of itself is like an award, but it's not held to the same standards, which whether you agree with that stance or not is very much the way most of Hollywood's big wigs view the game, right? It's a great paycheck. They're entertainment, they're entertainment fodder, but they're not there to be rewarded amongst the best of the best when you're really celebrating craft and history of the of of the art form right so the fact that black panther is here with the big picture awards it's nominated for a lot of heavy stuff and the fact that it was directed by ryan coogler who went on a first three films streak that is rivaled only by steven spielberg which is not a small thing like he he's just insanely talented um i'm kind of talking a lot here but just to say that like the point of the Black Panther conversation at the Oscars isn't does it realistically have a chance to win because we know it doesn't. So it's not a question about that. It is a question of what does it mean to finally see this movie put in this arena? Because Oprah was actually part of the campaigning force behind this. She actually held last month a private screening of this movie for a bunch of Hollywood execs and bigwigs and people that are big in the industry as a reminder to everybody. And she spoke at this event that said this movie matters and it needs to be considered for the biggest award. But um, I think the achievement is the fact that it's, it's nominated. I don't think anybody's going there thinking that Black Panther's going to win. Well, and so to me, this comes back. So now let me be, even though I've said, I hope it doesn't, I don't think, not I hope, I don't think it should win. Let me now play the other side of the fence and say, do you think there's an, because here's what I love about, what I love about the Oscars as someone who's a little bit more uh, pedestrian, a little bit more of a lay person about it than you are. What I love about the Oscars is maybe what so many other people hate, and that's how subjective it is. Um I, I, there are years where I, you know, they'll name the best picture. I, they rarely award it to what I thought was the best picture I saw. And I also understand that I have different criteria, but that's the whole point. And it's one of those things where it's like, I can enjoy seeing, oh, really? They thought that? Well, that's interesting. I can see where they're coming from. But at the same time, this, I, I say all that to say, you could, I think you can make an argument for films like Black Panther to get more recognition at the Oscars, whether that means winning or whether that means more movies like this nominated. And no, I don't mean that weird best popular film or whatever it was that they were going to make for like 24 hours. And then they looked at Twitter and said, nah, um, behold the power of Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was, that was one instance where Twitter used its superpowers for good because that was a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, it was really, well, and that's just it. I, you can make a case, though, that like something that captures the public imagination, something that's going to be in a couple of decades still a movie we look back on as an example of pop culture at the time, you can make a case for that needing more of a representation at the Oscars, I think. Now, whether that case holds up or not, I'm not sure. But I think you can make an argument that we need more films like Black Panther getting a nomination, getting in the conversation. What do you think about that argument? I see. This is what I love because I feel like 
if you're celebrating excellence in cinema, then it doesn't matter what genre or portion of the arena it comes from. To me, I just want the best movies of the year there. And so that will be, in my mind, that means it's like a trail mix. You have a little bit of everything there. Um, Because Black Panther is on the short list for the best comic book movie, superhero movie ever made. It's, It's in the conversation. It also made such a cultural impact. It, I, we cannot overstate, nor is it really our place to, to provide too much commentary on the cultural significance of this because we're two white guys. But at the same time, like this is part of the narrative. It is an incredibly well-made movie, arguably one of the most entertaining movies of the last few years. And it just happened to mean more to one of the largest portions of the modern population of America than just about any movie made this century. Those are not small things. You have to take that into consideration. And the acting performances were great. The production design was great. The directing was great. The script was great. Like it's by pound for pound. It is a phenomenal movie and it broke record books across the box office records. So it's like, how do you ignore this movie when it literally represents the best of just about every single aspect of mainstream movie making um if you're to ask me what i would like to see more of i would like to see movies like this get acknowledged i've said before that i thought wonder woman should have been nominated for best picture when it came out i also think that minding the gap should have been nominated for best picture this year you can make the case that minding the gap is the best movie of the year and it's a documentary made by a first-time filmmaker essentially and um it's going to win the oscar for best documentary feature but it's not nominated for best picture even though there's still two spots empty for that position um so like i would i would rather see a mix i'm like if it if it's one of the better movies of the year put it there and this also solves the problem that the oscars thought they needed to fix which was the popular movie thing well guess what black panther and a star is born and spider-man into the spider-verse and incredibles 2 are all nominated for major awards and all of those movies made incredible amounts of money at the box office so i think you're fine yeah, I, I also think since they've expanded, I, I'd agree with that. And I think since they expanded the number of Best Picture nominees each year, I think there's more room to say that we can recognize some things. We, you know, we can do some more recognizing things. I, I love that Black Panther got nominated, and here's why. I, I think that for all the reasons you listed, representation matters. I think that. Um, it's very important that we recognize that and that we start, you know, recognizing that culturally more than we have in the past. I also think while I'm, you know, I mean, I, I always make the case when somebody says, is it the best superhero movie ever? I say, well, the dark Knight is out there. Um, that being said, black Panther, well, you and I do this every week, man. And, and you know, pri- while we try to not be jerks about the stuff we review, privately, we always acknowledge there are different tiers to the things we're talking about. 100%. And there are, there are things that we have to work a little harder to be kind to. And then there are things that we can really pick apart and break down because it's so good that when we break it down and pick it apart it holds up even better and black panther is one of those latter ones it's it's a movie that you know my wife and i watched it just the other night as you know once they announced best picture nominees we we went and she hadn't seen it yet um even though i've been you know i've been mentioning it for a year and she's like yeah i'd like to watch that we just didn't get around to it so we sat down and watched it just a couple nights ago and we were really able to her as a as a fan of good film and me as you know the comic book nerd we were able to really break that movie down and say you know so this scene i didn't love that they did this but you know this scene i love that they did do this and you know this performance really carried this and it brings nuance to this and we were able to really pick that thing apart in a good way and i want here's here's the where it all comes full circle for me I loved comic books when I was very small because superheroes were cool. As I got bigger, as I got older, I held on to that hobby because I started finding that there are some comic books that are genuinely great literature. And no, it's not all of them. It's not even many of them. Some of them I'm reading just because I have a nostalgia factor. Um, Some of them I'm reading because I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription, so why not check that one out? But there is... 
every once in a while, a couple times a year, you pick something up and you read it and you realize halfway through that you're not just reading a good comic book, you're reading a good book. And that is a fantastic moment when an artist and a writer come together to make something that transcends the genre. I want the film end of this industry to start doing the same. And 100%. Black Panther is part of that process. It's part of we're able to elevate it. Ryan Coogler is a great filmmaker who did what the best art does, and he asked questions rather than answer them. And it's a great movie, and it deserves some recognition. I don't think you could have said it any better, because I, I think the big detail here is – one black Panther deserves to be recognized because it bridges that gap. Like you discovered with you and your wife, like that, that is not a small thing, but here's, here's one detail we have to remember. Let's go back to 2008, the summer of 2008, when dark Knight gets released. And then at the end of the cinematic season, the Oscars are announced. There's only five spots available for best picture and dark Knight is left off. And there was holy hell to pay. There were so many people <laughs> upset. It was the very next year that the Academy Awards expanded the field to 10 for the first time in decades. And it was essentially because of the outcry of Dark Knight being left out. Then the ultimate irony is that over the next decade of Best Picture nominations, the bulk of the nominations just went to either – they mostly went to additional independent films. They very rarely were featuring the big-budget box office winning types of movies – um, to the degree that you thought that they were going to by doubling the field. And so what we have here is one, the system working correctly and two, us being blessed with the year to have a film of this magnitude that fits that mold so, so well. And so, okay. So you brought it up. I want to run with this. If, unless you have other things you want to hit, I want to run with the, the dark night thing. Okay, greatest before, before yes, you do go that, for it. I, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. Um, the other, the other interesting thing about black Panther is looking at it among the field of the other nominees. Now there were a lot of good movies this year. I wouldn't say that this was a overall a superb cinematic season, but it's better than a lot. And um, if we're going to say these movies that were nominated, these eight films are the best movies of the year, which I don't think all of them are but let's say they are, I would honestly rank Black Panther probably out of these eight, maybe in the five or four slot. Like it's that good, especially compared to some of the others because it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody and it's definitely better than Green Book. And the ultimate irony about Green Book is that it's one best picture at a couple of other award shows, but it's it's basically Driving Miss Daisy, but with dudes and it's made by a white guy and that movie came out in the same year that we were given Black Klansmen, Roma, and Black Panther. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, really? <laughs> if you want to talk about the, 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 the nexus of racism and social commentary through cinema and American society, and we have a year where we got three of the most truthful um, artours in that arena talking to us about race, representing their race and doing it in such a, a manner that is as real as you can possibly get for the medium. And then we're just going to hand it over to this other movie that was made by white people. That's a little bit of the pat in the back that says that just as a reminder of like, Hey, this is a good movie because the white guy realized that racism was bad in the end. Like, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but I just feel like it need it needs to be said that this was a year of important filmmaking for film for women for film for uh, people of color and for film of so social commentary as well as entertainment wise. And Black Panther is in the thick of the best of those, which is another amazing feat considering it's from the MCU. Well, and I will, I will say the only, the only thing I can really run with there and this is why is of the two nominees that I have seen Black Panther is excellent, but it is my second favorite. Uh, okay, what's the other ones you've seen? Black Klansman is the other one I saw. And oh, right. you were texting me about that the other night. Yeah, we had a great conversation about that. Um, I literally just yeah, added I, uh, it to my Blu-ray collection today. I, I, and, and that's not a knock on Black Panther. That's, that's more like how much I really enjoyed Black Klansman. Well, um, you, you could make the case that Black Klansman is 
the best movie of the year. I'm not saying that it's definitively, but you can make the case for it. I will tell you just looking at the list of nominees, having seen none of the other ones, but with what I know about them, I know that Black Klansman is the one to beat for me right now. It's I have trouble seeing one of the others unseating it for me, but but we'll see. You know, I've been surprised before. Roma is really, really good. And your wife especially is going to love it. And I think it'll resonate with you too. Um, I, I'll be interested to hear I, what you think about that. Text me after you two watch it. I, I intend to, and we're probably going to watch that pretty soon because it's up on Netflix. Um, I, I'm going to have to really do some soul searching before I watch Roma because I have to forgive Alfonso Cuaron for making me sit through gravity um, <laughs> before I can really, I know he's a good filmmaker, but I'm so angry about sitting through gravity still. Um, I will say that gravity I, is, uh, is overrated, but I, I'm going to tell you right it's now. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just Ro- Roma is his magnum opus and it's autobiographical and it's, I know I'm sh- it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to love it. I just, I'm still really, really upset about gravity. Um, anyway, now let's go to, let's go to dark night. Let's, let's talk about, yeah, let's, things, uh, so if our listeners haven't turned this <laughs> off yet, we're getting to the dark night and you can get happy again. Yeah. If you tuned in for comic book stuff, sorry. Um, yeah, I, uh, so the dark night, talk to me about, here's the thing. I, can we agree? First of all, that the dark night, at least based on who got nominated that year, the dark night should have gotten a nomination. Um, I mean, I, I'm, 90% comfortable saying that, but I'm pulling up the list right now. So keep talking. Yeah. Okay. And I've had it open for a second. So I came in with an advantage there. Um, yes. Okay. So <laughs> th- this is, I was, I was wanting to say this, but I wanted to make sure I was correct about the year. Yeah. The 2008, 2009 year was one of the worst years as far as the Academy Awards was concerned, because that was the year Slumdog Millionaire won. And yeah. th- that man, just, <laughs> dude. Okay. It, and um, they nominated the Curious Case of Benjamin Button over Dark Knight, and they didn't nominate the wrestler. They didn't nominate um, Doubt. They didn't. It, it was the year of Milk. And it, like, like so many good movies were were awesome. Were awesome, and they just left them on the table from some of the big awards, like Milk and the Wrestler and Doubt were among the best of the year in addition to the dark night. And yet we got frost Nixon and slumdog millionaire and Benjamin button <laughs> crowding, the, crowding the friggin' field. Yeah. I, uh, I can't, I forget all the time. The wrestler didn't get nominated for best picture. Um, can we also for just 30 seconds, talk about how the heck did avatar get nominated the next year? What is wrong with people? Well, that, um, that, that one is because the Academy has a fascination with James Cameron. <laughs> Um, so here's my question that I, I keep derailing myself on. What are some other great snubs in the history of comic book films? Like what, what do you think deserved, or at least we should be having a conversation about, did it deserve a nomination? Um, I think you could make the case that, um, that V for Vendetta should have been nominated for best adapted screenplay. Okay. I think you could make the case that the Dark Knight should have been nominated for best screenplay. I think, man, I think you could make the case that um, Ian McKellen could have been nominated for one of the first two X Men movies. Oh, interesting. I think if you really want to go like art house indie comic book movie, I think American Splendor is arguably the greatest comic book movie ever made. And Paul Giamatti should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. Um, that's the biopic about Harvey P. Carr. That's, oh, for I, sure. Yeah. I, I don't even know if many of our listeners are aware of that, but go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think here as far as best picture is concerned. Um, I mean, maybe the original Superman movie. I mean, if... Oh, good the, call. I didn't even think <clears throat> of that one coming in. Here's the deal. Raiders of the Lost Ark got nominated for Best Picture, and the first Star Wars movie got nominated for Best Picture. So why can't Superman be nominated for Best Picture? Okay, that's so that's where I've wanted to go with this. That, I'm so glad you brought that up. 
I love I, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. <clears throat> I I we could do a separate podcast. We could do a whole month where all I do is sit here and say dumb stuff about Star Wars. Um, I I love these films. I don't I don't legitimately think that they were the best film that year, but I love that they got the nomination. I love that they got the recognition for their clear cultural significance. But here's the thing. People act like something like Black Panther getting a nomination is this new thing. Like it is this, you know, people that are against this sort of thing, they're like, this is some horrible turning point in the awards. But this has been going on since the 70s. We've been nominating things that are, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, I don't want to say that the entire Oscar should be popcorn movies. I'm saying there should be a good blend. And especially if the field is going, if the field is going to be expanded to 10, then you have got to think that every year there's at least room for one big box office movie to, to get the big name nomination because most of the time there's at least one big box office movie. That's that good. Like I would say a couple years ago with Mad Max Fury road, that was every Mm -hmm. bit, if not the best movie of the year, the second or third best movie of the year. Oh my gosh, love that. That movie should have won. And that movie was was an action movie that came out in the late spring, early summer and made all kinds of money. And this year we have another installment, like what I call a Forrest Gump movie, which is a movie that is just very, very appealing and, and checks all the boxes of just classic Hollywood feel good. And um, it's not necessarily the best movie of the year, but it's just really easy to rally behind. And it, it hits pop culture at a moment where it becomes a thing and it makes so, so much money. And that's a star is born. Um, and so that's represented in the same year as black Panther. So I feel like as far as that is concerned, we're finally starting to, to get a little bit more of that, which I think is healthy, but Forrest Gump won best picture the same year that Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction was released i don't think that you and i are so on the same wavelength because i was going to ask you about 94 keep going and so i don't i don't think there's a single free thinking person that has seen all three of those movies that said yes forrest gump is the best movie out of that bunch it's not but was anybody upset when it won no because it was a cultural phenomenon and it was a feel-good big budget hollywood movie that just tugged at your heartstrings that's what a star is born is too I don't want to make light of that because Lady Gaga's performance in that movie is maybe the second best female performance of the year. She's just frigging great in that movie. And that movie makes people feel things, but it's, it's glitz and glamor and it's Hollywood with a little bit of substance, which is great. And it, it deserves to be nominated. Um, but here's, here's an, this isn't an original idea. This is something that Bill Simmons has been a proponent of. Seth Rogen has tweeted about it. But the ultimate thing is if the Academy really wanted to get this right, like coming back to your subjective thing, Jake, art is subjective and it's really hard to, to put a, a reward on something that is this inherently subjective. But if we really wanted to do our best to try to claim which movie is the finest, most excellent representation of that year in cinema and what is unequivocally the best cinematic achievement, we would wait five years before we would actually award the movie be, because – Time is really the biggest litmus test. Box office is a good indicator, but time is a big litmus test as to what we're going to remember and value going forward. And so some years it looks really, really bad. And some years it looks really, really great. Like a few years ago when Moonlight won over La La Land, that's always going to be one of the greatest triumphs of Academy Award Best Picture history. But Crash beating out Brokeback Mountain, mm, (laughs) we definitely (laughs) could have used that five-year window there. So I, I have a couple questions I came in ready to ask you. Some are some are related to comic book stuff, some are just Oscar stuff. Um so nineteen ninety-four, this is my favorite question to ask film fans. What movie would you give the Oscar to? Oh man. Um that's a huge loaded question, man. I probably should have <laughs> probably see that wasn't the same year as dead man walking so dead man walking was the next year um let me pull up the nominee list just to make sure because i i you know me sometimes i like to do something a little bit different and not just say shawshank or pulp fiction um, oh yeah 
Now, I've gone on the record before as saying that I think Pulp Fiction is a very good movie, but is a slightly overrated movie. Uh, so there's that. It's rake me over the coals, as you will, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I can't change it. It's how I feel. And we can go into that another time, but we don't need to do that now. Here we go. So the best pictures that year were Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. And those were the best uh, picture nominees. And I would say Hoop Dreams also came out that year, which is arguably the greatest documentary ever made. And um, Legends of the Fall came out that same year. Uh, The Madness of King George, Bullets Over Broadway, and um, Ed Wood all came out that year. This is is a really good year for cinema. Ed Wood is so underrated. It is incredibly underrated and deserves to be in the same breath as the upper echelon of the best stuff from that year. And you know what else came out that year? A little movie Hmm. called Lion King. Yeah. So, um, but up to that point, there had only been one animated movie ever nominated for Best Picture in the history of the awards at that time, and it was Beauty and the Beast. And it's just so hard to be taken seriously when you don't have a Best Animated Feature award yet, and there's only five spots to put in. So out of that short list, I would say it's probably a toss-up between Shawshank Redemption and Hoop Dreams for me as to which one I think is the best of that year. But the fact that the Shawshank Redemption is literally the number one rated movie on IMDb's top 250 and Pulp Fiction is in the top 10 just tells you how Herculean this, that, that year was. But you can't tell me, even though no one was super upset that Forrest Gump won, even though it was probably the wrong decision, you can't tell me that an extra two, three, four, or five years to really weigh on it and see the lasting power of stuff that Forrest Gump would have won a second time if they redid it five years later. I want all of our listeners to understand that you had no idea I was going to ask that question and that you came in blind with that brilliant, like, I, seriously, man, you're so good at this. Like, it's not even fair conversation because I'm going to be like, oh, man, I freaking love Pulp Fiction. And it's like, let me give you let me give you the rundown here. Like, you're so good at this. I feel so outclassed this week. Okay, but here's, um, here's the deal. I... I am in a very small collection of people that thinks Pulp Fiction is great but still slightly overrated. Like you, you ask that same question in a room full of 100 people, probably 85% of them, 85 of them or 83 of them are going to say Pulp Fiction should take the award. And I can't say that that's the wrong answer. I'm just telling you that I'm not going to be one of those 85. That's fair. I, I- you know, I don't, it took me a long time, you know, did I got on hard, but, um, I, I don't know. I think for me, Shawshank Redemption is like probably the first movie that I ever thought critically about. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know that for sure that that's shooting from the hip with that statement, but I, I'm, it's definitely one of the first, if not the first. So I'm a little biased towards it as, as a film. Also the old guy who worked part-time at the blockbuster near my house, who knew everything ever about movie told me it was one of the three. I forgot to ask him. What, so, uh, it's definitely, I don't know. I've got a soft spot for it. So, so what about, um, what about this year? This is really what, and and then I promise to get back onto the comic book stuff if we keep going. Or, but uh, this year at the Oscars, what what in your opinion should win Best Picture? However, you want to take that question. What's your favorite? What do you think will win? What should win? Just whatever, however you want to spin it. Okay, so definitely, as far as the Best Picture nominations are concerned, they definitely got some things wrong. Um, Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody have no business being in that field whatsoever. I haven't seen Vice yet, but I'm willing to bet that I'm probably going to like it because I really like Adam McKay movies. And he's got a very distinct style, and you either love it or you hate it. And I happen to love it. So I'm probably fine with Vice being in the field. But if Beale Street Should Talk should be in the field, 
and it's not. It's a travesty that it's not Barry Jenkins follow. I thought it was going to get nominated. And it got nominated for Regina King's probably going to win Best Supporting Actress for it. It got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and I believe it got nominated for Best Costumes or Production Design, one of those two. So it got nominated for some big heavy hitters, and Barry Jenkins knows what he's doing. It's it's an incredible – he's one of the best film young up-and-coming filmmakers in the game right now. So I – I don't understand why that's not in the field, but let, let's deal with the eight that we have. If I'm, if I'm limited to these eight, <laughs> um, even though like Beale Street and Minding the Gap at the very least should be in there. I can't believe they're not. It's really a, a travesty. Um, have you seen Minding the Gap yet? Because it's on Hulu. I have and- not. I, you, no, but the second you said it, I went and looked it up, and it's definitely going to get a watch especially with, soon here with your background and your profession, Jake, like I, I really think that that is going to, um, that one's going to speak to you. It, it moved me a great deal. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, just looking at the little bit that is here, I'm, I'm all in on it. Okay. So the field of eight, I mean, the cop out answer is to say Roma, but I don't know how you not give it to Roma. Um, black Klansman may be my sentimental favorite because Spike Lee, is every bit as amazing as Martin Scorsese, but white people are afraid to talk to him, like talk about him like that because he makes people <laughs> uncomfortable. But seriously, if you follow the the career arcs and the trajectories and the types of things that they see and very distinct guerrilla t- style type of filmmaking they make, they are very much mirrors of each other as far as how they influence the industry. But Martin Scorsese gets put on Mount Rushmore and Spike Lee just gets talked about in people of color circles and it's ridiculous and so the fact that it took this long for spike lee to finally get a best picture and best director nomination is a travesty and he's one of my top five favorite directors and i'm here to plant the flag and say white people it is okay to love spike lee and it's okay that you were uncomfortable by the things that he said because that's the point but roma roma is the pick here it is a triumph on every level it is um, made with actors that are unfamiliar and don't have much experience. It is made beautifully. The story is real. It is timely. It is heart-wrenching. It is a enveloping experience. And to have a subtitled movie take home the top prize would be incredible. The fact that it was released on a streaming service is incredible. It's Al- Alfonso Cuaron is widely considered to be one of the best filmmakers living today. And this is arguably his magnum opus. Like, it just... And there's very, and if you go online, the internet can be a barren wasteland of just junk. And if you go online and find credible resources, you're going to struggle to find anybody saying a negative word about this movie. So to me, it is an obvious avenue to say like, okay, give it to Roma. It deserves it. And it checks so many other important boxes as well. So I'm, I'm inclined to say Roma. Right on. I'm excited to see it. Like you, you've definitely raised my interest level, which was already pretty high for sure. Um, and it's got 10 Academy award nominations. It matters. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So Jake, let's pivot to spider verse for a second. Yeah, that's where, yeah, please. Spider verse came in like a hurricane, man. Like it really just squeezed in at the end of the season here. And it's just been winning and winning and winning and winning as it should, because I think it is every bit one of the 10 best movies of the year, not just the best animated movie of the year, but get, give me your thoughts on spider verse, probably taking home the best animated feature. So I, I know that, um, Incredibles two is really good, right? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to say any, I love Brad bird. I loved Incredibles two. You could probably make an argument for it getting more coverage on this podcast, you know, like we could be talking about it more than we have. I I, I think Incredibles 2 is not as good as Incredibles 1. Um, and I think that Spider-Verse needs to get the best animated picture. I, I, I almost want to go real crazy here and say that you could make a case for Spider-Verse in the best picture category? Question mark? 100%. I mean, that's what I meant when I said it's one of the 10 best movies of the year. No, and if it's, one of the 10 be- if it's one of the 10 best, then that technically means it could be nominated for best picture because best picture is a field of up to 10. Yeah, and that's, and that's my thing is – so I, when the movie first came out, you know that um, I try not to read other people's reviews um, – 
before we do a review just because I don't want to accidentally get a thought in my head and, you know, plagiarize by mistake. Um, so when after we did our episode on Spider-Verse and I went out and started reading what other people have said about it, um, I saw not a lot but a couple of people say things about giving it a Best Picture nomination. And that had not occurred to me. And so I've really been thinking about it since then. And I, I really think that it was that good. Like, I think that, you know, especially if you're going to, especially if you're going to look at it as what it is, right. And say for what it aspired to be for the universe that it exists in, as far as animated films and everything, it's such a huge step forward and it's so head and shoulders above everything else. I, I think you can certainly argue that it should have gotten nominated. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed not to see it there. I'm also not real surprised because Black Panther getting the nomination, you know, they've been prepping everyone for that for about a year. They've been kind of getting everybody ready for, hey, look, we're going to do a superhero movie. It's going to be on the list. We're going to let Chadwick Boseman come sit in the Oscar crowd. We're going to do all this stuff, you know, be ready, everybody. Your world's about to get rocked. Uh, and they didn't get the year to kind of prep everybody emotionally for, you know, an animated Spider-Man film is going to get the nomination. Spider-Verse so, really did like just organically become a thing and it's incredible. Yeah. And I agree with you. It deserves to be in the field of 10, 100%. And, um, this is another thing that proves how remarkable this feat is. All right. This is a year where as far as animated movies are concerned, that we got another Incredibles movie directed by Brad Bird, which is incredible. Like, no pun intended. Like it's just a fantastic thing. And thank you. And then also we got another stop motion animation movie from Wes Anderson and that's nominated as well. And still we're saying that Spider-Verse runs away with it. Like that movie is so magnanimous and stunning and epically awesome in every way that I cannot think of any other reason to, to say like, yeah, give it, man, give it the award. Well, and as a, as a father, it's, you know, it's a movie that we ended up deciding not to. My son has never been to the movie theater yet because we've been kind of trying to pick a really good one to take him to. Um, we also, he's just like the most active little dude in the world and he's not good at sitting still for movies. So we're, you know, um, we talked about maybe spider verse and we ended up saying, eh, it's just a little bit too intense at some scenes for a little guy. Um, and but it's almost the two fact hours long. that, and that's the, yeah. And so, but as, as a father to be able to say, there's a movie that when it comes out, by the time it's out, I think he will be old enough to handle it. We also won't be in the big giant theater, so it won't be as intense. Uh, and, and, but as a father to be able to say there's a movie that was so good that I think it should be in the conversation for Best Picture. Also to say that I could take my four-year-old to see it you know, conceivably and that it includes my favorite comic book pop culture character of all time. It's, it's a really big deal. And so I really wish that movie had gotten in there. I'm not surprised it didn't. So here's a bigger question for you, Jake. Last okay. year, last cinematic season, I said was probably the best pound for pound year of comic book movies we had ever had, just because we had a lot of really, really good ones. Um, because we had um, we had Wonder Woman and Spider Man Homecoming and uh, just we we had a, a Thor Ragnarok and and even Justice League you know was was probably the weakest one out of the bunch but it still wasn't you know god awful like it just seemed like from top to bottom one of the better straight up runs of comic book movies we had had I'm wondering does 2018 take the crown with Deadpool 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Infinity War, Spider-Verse, and Black Panther. Well, and I, I'm, I'm even going to, at risk of further internet school friend Nick, I'm even going to add Aquaman to that list. Oh, crap. I, for, I unintentionally forgot to mention Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just figured you intentionally didn't. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and add it because it's, it's made – 
it's so much word of mouth progress. You know, it, it started weak and it's just kind of snowballed to be a bigger thing than we well, thought it would wor- be. It's worldwide box office is amazing. It's so, and, and I love, man, that's a whole different episode to just talk about the word of mouth there. But um, that's a really good question. And I, and I have to say, I mean, because the other thing is 2017, wasn't that also Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yep. So it's a tough call because you have in 2017 between Homecoming and Guardians 2 and Thor Ragnarok, some of my favorite new takes on the, you know, like Homecoming was a new take on Spider-Man. Ragnarok and Guardians were kind of a different take on some superhero stuff. You have some of my favorite approaches, some of my favorite filmmakers involved. Um, But it's so hard to argue with Black Panther, Infinity War, you know, and and then capping the year off with Spider-Verse. Man, that's hard to argue with. I think you got to give it to 2018, right? Just because it's, it's so good. I think so because pound for pound, like, okay, let, let's just take your rankings for a second. You ranked Aquaman second in the DCEU. So if, if we're saying that, then that means, and we also know that you liked Deadpool too. So that means mm-hmm. we're probably ranking uh, oh, on crap, your, I forgot about it. So you're probably ranking then Ant-Man and the Wasp at the bottom of your list. And so if we're just comparing from top to bottom, the level of goodness to the level of mediocrity. I think in 2017, there was probably either lower levels of mediocrity or more mediocrity compared to 2018. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like whatever is second to last on our list for 2018 is probably better than what's second to last for 2017. I think that's a good way of looking at it. When everything that's good is so good, maybe you look at what's not as good and how do those stack up? Yeah, so pound for pound, I think I think eighteen may win, especially for box office. Like, think about this: Black Panther and Infinity War broke box office records. Black Panther and Spider Verse are both ranked in uh, the top twenty-five or top one hundred of the top two hundred and fifty on IMDb, and they both are nominated for Oscars. Like, I don't know, man. I think twenty eighteen wins. Yeah, it's. I think we got to make it official and say 2018 is the new. Now, here's the question. Will 2019 continue this trend upward and be even better? You've got Endgame. You've got Miss Marvel or Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. You've got uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is this year, right? Yep. And Shazam. And Shazam, which looks super fun. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know and unless we're just blown away by a couple of things. I don't know if twenty nineteen takes the crown, but twenty nineteen could, you know, like be in the top five, top three. Yeah, I mean it's definitely the average has gone up. You know, whatever ends up happening, w- w- the trend has been upward the last few years. And and you know, if twenty nineteen isn't the best year ever, it's only because the last two years have been so freaking good. It just can only get so good so fast. Oh, man. Comic books at the Oscars, Jake. Who knew? Yeah. Truly, these are wonderful times we live in. Welcome to the 21st century, y'all. Thanks so much for diving into the Watching Comics podcast. If you are still with us, thank you for bearing with the extra layer of nerdery this week and for indulging us. Jake and I just needed to, we just needed to riff on this. It was important. It's a big deal. We're happy to see our beloved comic book movies at the Oscars. We love us some Oscar. So hit us up at watchingcomics.com or on Twitter at watchcomicspod. It's comics with an X at watchcomicspod. Want to hear your takes on Black Panther and Spider-Verse and some of the other comic book movies of the year. Let us know. And of course, be sure to give us a rate and review on the iTunes. It's the right thing to do. Shout out to the Geek Dad Podcast Network. We love calling you home. The best crew around. We will be coming at you next week with more stuff. We'll see you then. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.